Thank you for listening in right now. Glad to have you here. My name is Nyla, and this is Greener Thoughts. I help you understand the environment today so you can experience a greener life. Let's connect online. You can reach Greener Thoughts by voice message. The anchor.fm link is in each episode's show notes. You can do so via the Anchor app or by email at greenerthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. Welcome, welcome back, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening here uh, on the first new episode. I have one special announcement, and it's that I recently bought the Samara fanny pack, and I bought it in the color tan, and I'm really super excited about it. Uh, It uh, is priced about $75. And then I I purchased the shipping, of course, which is about $8. And then the carbon offsetting shipping cost, which was like $2, which offsets any carbon emissions put into the atmosphere. So I'm really excited that I bought it because I did uh, say that I would. And I featured it in a uh, Eco Company Spotlight segment uh, in a past uh, episode. And so I will be talking about the bag in depth when I finally get it. So stay tuned for it. Uh, also, uh, just to let you know the episode of which I did the uh, review of uh, Samara bags. I talked about it in the 10 ways to be anti-racist and accountable in the STEM fields in episode 195. And that was from October the 4th, 2020. Headlines from the Hemispheres is the next segment up. And it's just where I cover all types of environmental news and headlines from all across the globe. Our first headline is out of Indonesia. And it has to do with this uh, interesting looking oddball shark. So Cyclops shark caught with one giant eye looks too weird to be real. HuffPost covered the story, and this is definitely a sight for sore eyes or anyone who's interested in odd, weird news. These fishermen pulled uh, up to their boat this rare Cyclops uh, albino shark, and it had a huge giant eye. They found it off of this uh, province, uh, Maluku province in Indonesia. They ended up cutting open this adult shark's um, body open and it had died in their fishing net and that's how they found this uh, dead already dead one-eyed fetus now it was reported to the marine office there and the specimen was turned in but rarities like this aren't um aren't really common but other uh, sightings have been seen off the coast of indonesia like the two-headed shark uh, that was found also in late October. And next is a story out of the Great Australia and happens to do with this Aboriginal group and some royalties. 
Aboriginal group says Fort Sescue withhold royalties on mining leases and borders.com had the story. This is out of Australia, but it happens to do with a particular Aboriginal group that has talked about how this other group of Fortescue Metals, they're huge. They've been withholding a lot of royalty payments until a certain mining leases are signed upon um, and they have to do with the mining materials that are on Aboriginal sacred sites. Now, this group has estimated that almost 500, but specifically 434 uh, heritage sites on their land have been destroyed through mining. And 285 are really close to mining operations already and the traditional owners of the mining um, or the, the type of land that they're trying to protect, they can't even access their own land really. And one of the directors uh, of this uh, different group of the Aboriginal group, um, Wintawa, Wintawa Wari, uh, Gurama um, Aboriginal Corporation, WGAC, the director Jocelyn Hicks has said that the people's agreements with the world's fourth biggest iron ore miner contain no legal provisions to protect their cultural heritage, leaving them essentially reliant on the discretion to safeguard their interests. So essentially that means that because the Aboriginal people aren't getting the protection they deserve for their land, part of their cultural heritage, it's up to this huge corporation to try and safeguard their interests, which they know they're not going to do that, of course. They're in it for the money and to essentially do away with anything they can get, um, you know, as far as a law passed. And they're not going to follow what they are going to follow and respect the Aboriginal people, which is really sad. It's not fair. And I, I wanted to let you all know about what's happening from that story. The last story is out of the Philippines, and it talks about um, some devastating statistics, and namely this pretty uh, recent particular to one statistic. So Philippines world's second deadliest country for environmental activists. Both TheGuardian.com talked about this and also CNNPhilippines.com talked about it. And the Philippines is ranked the second deadliest country in the world uh, regarding environmental um, defenders. Uh, there were 43 killings in 2019 alone, according to Global Witness, which is out of London. And you can read more about the report specifically called uh, Defending Tomorrow, the Climate Crisis and Threats Against Land and Environmental Defenders. Six out of those uh tallied were government workers while a handful 26 were killed related to uh, agricultural business uh, activities and that was one of the highest numbers ever globally and then regarding mining 16 were killed uh, regarding mining related um, work and business activities. The Philippines, they also ranked first in 2018. They overtook Brazil, which you know is one of the top five or so countries when it comes to uh, environmentalists being killed for the work. And uh, Brazil had 
uh, 30 deaths back then in 2018. But the top spot for 2019 was taken uh, by uh, Colombia at first. And uh, then, of course, the second country is the Philippines. Uh, but the Colombia um, killings, they were uh, at a total of 64 uh, defenders being killed. The annual tolls have been um, piling up, but they were recorded first by Global Witness, which uh, began doing this type of work in 2012. This episode is about composting toilets for those who aren't new to hiking or camping or traveling outdoors and maybe you live off-grid. Maybe you have your own build or a vacation cabin or you live in a cabin and you are um, not new to what the life of a um, person who uses composting toilets entails and the upkeep or the maintenance or just some of the small costs in the beginning and you know maybe you also want to not use as much water or any other type of reason I think you'll enjoy um, you know the, the many different details and different types of composting toilets maybe you're in the mood for a new one maybe you live in a tiny house or even want to upgrade your traditional or conventional toilet Either way, or either the reason that you clicked on this podcast episode, I'm glad that you are interested about learning about composting toilets. I've known about composting toilets for probably five or so years now, and I figured to just bite the bullet and talk about it because some may view it as, you know, pretty gross or interesting or, you know, it's, it's toilets. Um, so, uh, you know, there's... Um, always something new to learn and I figured to you know talk about composting but specific to toilets because you know it's not uh, every day that you can learn about uh, some of the top rated uh, composting toilets that are out now and so we're going to get into the topic and we're going to look at the these types of uh, toilets and the equipment for your body boulders a word uh, that you could of course substitute uh, for your poo, we're going to call them body boulders. That's a cute, funny term. I couldn't stop laughing when I found out what some people call their poop. But um, nonetheless, we're going to start off with the first toilet, which is going to be um, the ratings and the, the, all the different types of toilets. We're going to talk about them. Tree Hugger did an amazing list and they updated it, so this is great for 2020 and beyond. Unless a new list comes out, then I'll probably do a an update on this episode and talk about it in the episode announcements. But until then, I will talk about this highly reviewed and rated list. So for number one is the best overall toilet. It's Nature's Head self-contained composting toilet. It virtually has no smell and it's idea for those who are boulders or those who live the RV lifestyle. It's $960 and you can get it on Amazon.com or Nature'sHead.net. And all the prices I'm going to refer for uh, in the listings in, in this list are in American dollars. Uh, some of the features of this toilet are that it is a self-contained toilet. Uh, it is uh, has it has stainless steel hardware. It is made of plastic material, 
and it weighs 28 pounds. It has a built-in fan. It has a hose to vent to the outdoors. It's made in the US. There's also a crank handle to mix the bulky material like peat moss, for example. And it needs to be emptied every few days, but the solids, your poop, can uh, go in there. Uh, it can go for months, um, but um, the company Nature's Head says that between 60 and 80 uses, you'll get out of it before needing to empty it. And Nature's Head also does a bit with supporting uh, tons of different organizations like Unchained Movement, which combats domestic sex trafficking, and Warrior Homesteads, which gives homeless veterans sustainable housing on farmable land. Number two is uh, the best separating toilet. It's a separate villa, 9215. It separates both your urine and your solid waste to reduce the smell and volume that you have to handle. It is $989 and you can find it at separate.shop. Uh, that's the website, S-E-P-A-R-E-T-T dot shop. It's a urine diverting toilet and it's made in Sweden. Some of the features of it are that the toilet's fan has AC and DC adapters. You can also purchase the child seat for it. It is sold separately at $49.90. And then you can attach it for your little itty bitties who need to, of course, be on the toilet, of course. It also has combustible uh, bags that you can purchase too. Just set them in the container. And they have the compostable one, the green one, which is $19.90, and then also the black one for the same price. And there's no need to add bulking material, so it's kind of like, you know, a regular toilet. And the company supports projects to provide better sanitation to people in China and Peru. Number three, halfway of our list, is the toilet that is the best compact toilet is a Sunmar compact electric waterless composting toilet. It's great for if you use it for, you know, seasonal use and you have, you know, three adults or just a small number of people around you uh, living in your home or space where, you know, there's not a lot of people using the toilet. Or it's great for just one adult who lives in your residence. It's made in Canada. Uh, the features are that it is $1,835. You can buy it from uh, their site, the Sunmar site, usa.sun-mar.com or also homedepot.com. And you can simply plug it in. It has a high uh, volt capacity, 110 volts. And you can connect the supply 2-inch vent stack. It is 100 pounds, and there's no water or sewage connections required. There's no pollution, no odor, and it's certified and listed by the N uh, ANSI or the NSF2. And you can use the handle to mix and aerate the materials, and then hold that in the unit until um, you need to be uh, changing it. Uh, also, uh, it will need to be supplied with a cup of bulking material per person per day. So that's something to be aware of. Number four is the toilet that is ranked uh, 
number four in the best budget category is the lovable Lou starter kit so it's a starter kit for anyone who's kind of new uh, to composting toilets maybe you're kind of unsure about whether to get into it um, so it is definitely economical and it's definitely low tech definitely low tech from what I saw um, it's $374. You can buy it from the lovablelou.store website. That's lovablelou.store. And you can add uh, different items to customize your order fully. It doesn't have any electricity to it, no water, no plumbing, no venting, no chemicals. It's just a, a bucket inside a wooden box with a toilet seat attached. Now you can add a sawdust just to cover the waste after each use. Uh, when the container is full, you can add the contents to your outdoor compost pile or bin. Number five, next to last, is the best automatic toilet. It's the BioLed Composting Toilet 65. It's worth the price, especially if you're squeamish about maintenance, which I definitely would be. Um, it is $2,799, so for those who aren't afraid of price and who want to go big or go home, it is definitely one of the top contenders as far as price on our list. And you can find it at BioLet.com. That's B-I-O-L-E-T.com. It's fully automated and it's made in Sweden, which are essentially the top tier goats at all types of uh, compostable um, toilets and other types of uh, things like furniture, for example. Other things too, the Swedes are amazing at. And they definitely pack so much into this toilet. There's a thermostat. They control uh, things with the sensor. It's a liquid control sensor. It mixes automatically. It also carries the Swan Eco Label, which is the top uh, type of certification. And it's prestigious in Scandinavia and in the world of composting toilets. And it's definitely thoroughly tested, so you can trust Biolet. Number six in the last toilet is the toilet for a multiple users. So this is great for anyone who has a house full of people or lots of company or just uh, has a lot of space uh, in their home and they uh, have, you know, visitors or just an extended family, then this is great uh, for you. It's the Envirolet MS10 waterless self-contained system and it's made in Canada. It is $3,295 and you can buy it at uh, Envirolet.com. That's E. N-V-I-R-O-L-E-T.com. It's 88 pounds. There are no chemicals, incinerating, or um, septic required. It has dual fans and a heater. And that uh, provides tons of evaporation for you. It also uh, is recommended that uh, this model is um, great for, you know, those who you know, may need electricity you can definitely use that um, at, when you know you need to and it handles up to eight people per day for to use so as we've learned in this list there are many features of composting toilets not all composting toilets are the same and even though this list was small 
it gives you a wide range of prices and features and companies that manufacture these composting toilets. And I really wanted to paint a picture of uh, what these composting toilets do. And, you know, some of them, you know, they don't use, uh, you know, any water. And sometimes, you know, you really don't even have to hook them up at all, especially to something like a sewer system. And so the anaerobic or aerobic decomposition, you know, automatically starts occurring. And it's it's great with some of these uh, toilets that... Uh, they can be installed uh, permanently with a vent to the outdoors if you choose to do that. And some are portable, which is fine too. So you can really find a location that works for you. Um, I at first learned about composting toilets probably around the same time that I learned about the tiny house movement. And I feel that tiny houses are great. I actually, for a number of years, like for two or three years, actually considered getting one, but maybe in my senior years, but, uh, it's not like I'm going to be alone in my senior years and, you know, God willing and everything. But, um, I, I think they would be a great investment, especially just to, you know, downsize and really cut expenses, expenses. Um, you know, in the, in your later years, you know, your golden years or your golden hour, you don't want to be worrying about, um, paying off any rent or car payments or anything like that. You know, you want to be enjoying your retirement, vacationing, you know, chilling with the grandkids if you have any, or, you know, just being with friends and enjoying, you know, some of the, uh, stellar important moments that you'll have, you know, before, uh, you know, you don't get a chance to do that anymore. Um, but I like tiny homes and some of them are really, um, ad adaptable. Like they're, they're more modern and depending on, um, you know, what you want to do with them, you can travel easily in a tiny home. You can hitch it up, uh, for, um, you know, a certain amount of time. And it's great to be able to have that freedom to do that. Um, you know, I could definitely, you know, see living that life and just traveling around, for example, the U.S. And that's, it's, that's a great feeling to have that just be able to hitch and move and to travel, um, you know, with the tiny home. But um, it it is related to the episode because composting toilets are, you know, a factor in um, the tiny house movement because if you don't have it hooked up to a permanent um, foundation, um, then you're able to move the home. But if you want some more permanence, then you could have a composting toilet or have a conventional or traditional toilet. But there are some, some, um, side effects or not side effects, but some downsides to living in tiny homes. Like there are some people who just don't want to live, um, the tiny house life movement anymore. And, um, there's also the laws and legal parameters around where you can, you know, park your tiny home. Is it uh, legal to have it on a plot of land that you don't really own, but, you know, someone else owns, your family owns? Is it, uh, is it okay by local code for you to even live uh, in a place where there aren't even uh, other tiny homes? So there's a bit of navigating uh, on that end too. There are places and communities in the U.S. where you can, um, you know, live in a tiny home and they, and there are places that encourage and have laws to support tiny homes and facilitating growth, uh, for tiny, uh, house or tiny home owners. So I don't think that, um, 
it's something to be scared of. It's just, you know, you have to do your homework uh, if you're thinking about investing in a tiny home. For those who are, are RVers or for people who love boats and have boats or maybe camp or hike often and you travel, then you know that um, compostable toilets are definitely an option for you. And so this probably isn't new uh, to be hearing about this topic, period, but I'm glad to have broken down all six of the different types of toilets, and I'm excited for them. If I was to go ahead and test out a composting toilet, I definitely would. I probably would do uh, one of the ones that isn't like in the thousands of dollars, but I think I'd try um, the first one. Uh, which is the one from Nature's Head is the best overall because I love not having to deal with something like a like smelly um, or something that's a hassle as far as like upkeep because you know until it gets to a point where um, there is a smell I don't I'm really not trying to worry as long as it's clean sanitary that's fine but you know just like compost I don't worry about it unless there's like a smell or it's attracting like crazy amount of bugs or anything. But oftentimes it's not doing that. It's it's fine. You know, you just turn it and go and make sure it's aerated. There's a balance of a little bit of water, leaves, and your browns and greens. And um, then you're, you know, good for that. But yeah, I'm, I am I think I'd, I'd like the first toilet um, and I'd, I'd try it out, any of the six, but the first one definitely uh, I would be on to, you know, trying um, again, the nature's head overall, that best um, toilet. And, um, you know, when it comes to that, you know, I think I'd try it, you know, for a week or two weeks um, and see about it because, you know, it could, you know, make me. Um, a converter to uh, composting toilets every now and again, but um, definitely for anyone who wants to save on so many different bills or you just don't want a regular toilet, maybe a compostable toilet is the one for you. The Mother Earth Minutes is where we review in the next few minutes proactive things that we can all do to combat the issue in the episode and to protect Mother Earth. As always, I try to pack tips and additional steps that we can take in all the podcast episodes. But for this one, for those who really you know want a bit more information about composting toilets uh, and you want to use less water, uh, think about your bills, uh, think about what happens to the conventional toilet after uh, use. Maybe it may go to a landfill or another facility that may reuse or recycle the materials from the toilet. Who knows? Maybe you're thinking about all types of different things from all the angles. I know I would. Um, There are some things you need to know a little bit more about composting toilets. But um, this will help Mother Earth, of course, because you're saving so much uh, by getting a composting toilet. Even if you're not there yet, just even thinking about it and learning about what uh, options are out there is a step forward. Like that's a really great um, path for anyone who's interested or is dipping their toe a little bit into uh, the compostable toilet pond, if you will. So. Uh, We're going to start off with some of the first uh, tips here. There's only a few. And for reference, 
uh, there is a lot of uh, waste going into landfills, of course, but over 60% of that is organic waste. So that means everything from your large yard trimmings to restaurant uh, food waste to uh, supermarket and grocery store food waste and um, food that's even expelled before it hits your dinner plate to uh, sometimes compostable material, cardboard, all these type of things that can be broken down easily in a compostable setting, but they're going to our landfills instead. And so compostable toilets can do away uh, with, um, you know, making sure that our waste is diverted into something that's not necessarily a water treatment plant, but, you know, being a rich, um, nutritious compost for your soils and for your uh, gardens and such. So one of the first um, things to remember is that with toilet paper, you can use it in your toilets, in these composting toilets, unless otherwise specified or directed. You can place it in with the solids and, you know, test which toilet papers are great for you. If you're, if you're great with the one ply, two ply, maybe three ply, go ahead and do it. But unless the manufacturer is saying, you know, maybe cut down on the toilet paper or they're suggesting specific types to use, I would go with that. Uh, number two is to, and the last tip is to cover, um, use your um, best type of cover materials that you have at your disposal. Cover materials are what you put on the uh, solid waste so that it doesn't, um, it builds a barrier for stink or uh, for, you know, smell and the scent there. It traps, you know, all types of uh, different odors. It makes it more... I don't want to say pliable, but it makes it um, uh, able to be broken down faster in the correct environment. And it absorbs moisture. It allows oxygen to seep into it. And of course, like I said before, it controls odor. So it does a myriad of things. So there are a few different cover materials to use. If you're interested in using any or all of these, I would just writing these down or repeating this segment of the podcast episode. So one of the uh, cover materials is coconut coir, uh, C-O-I-R. It is renewable, though it does have a high carbon footprint. Uh, There's also hemp stalks, which are sustainable, but they're hard to find. So that's the downside. I'm giving you the good side and, and one of the downsides to it. A peat moss is easy to get a hold of, sure, but it's not really sustainable over the long haul. And then wood shavings. Wood shavings are cheap, we all know this, but they're slow to compost. Wood chips, though, are usually free. Uh, There are many different businesses, you know, yards, and they have open piles of them, or you can just ask, um, you know, right at the front if they're able to be picked up for free. And sometimes other businesses will have have them locally available. Um, And uh, that's a great thing. But also, they need to be the right size. You don't want chunky wood chips. You want them to be small enough that they are great to cover and use, and you don't have to use um, them by the boatload, but uh, not so large that they end up uh, not giving enough uh, air to the compost, or or they're so chunky that they don't break down uh, sufficiently. And then lastly is diatomaceous earth. Um, This is a great um, uh, 
things that you can use. You can even use it for in your garden. I talked about that in a previous podcast episode um, about gardens and everything. But it's great at preventing bugs where you don't want them. But downside to that is you can't use it alone uh, for something like compost. You need it with something else, like one of the other types of cover materials I just mentioned. Um, lastly, uh, the not so good types of cover material are the following wood ash grass and leaves and also soil these don't do anything uh, with reducing uh, things like you know weight to your um, compost toilet they're going to add a lot when it comes to uh, you know not making the um, compost smell so good because they don't do anything to abate the smell and they just make uh, a slushy mess when you really think about it, especially with grass and leaves and soil. They don't do anything to make the compost, um, you know, dry or anything. They kind of just soak up and they just make a splashy, disgusting mess. So avoid those three types of cover materials. Again, soil ash or wood ash, grass and leaves, and also soil. fact of the day is that Tesla overtakes Toyota to become the world's most valuable automaker. That fact was sourced from the Sierra Club Sierra Magazine in a September-October 2020 issue. The Eco Company Spotlight segment is one of the fun times in the Green Thoughts program. Uh, it is a great time for you to learn about amazing companies that are doing great by you and the planet. They have amazing products and services. You name it, uh, I will definitely try to cover it. I've definitely done at length uh, covering many different companies from beauty brands and body care uh, companies to, you know, those that deal in the food industry and clothing industry. There are so many different industries I've covered, um, but I, I learned about uh, another that's new to me um, to some degree um, in the ways that I can learn about their story, um, where I can contact them. You know, sometimes it's, it's really great to purchase the product and be a lover of the product, but it's also great to know, you know, where this company lies, like where does its loyalty lie to its customers or to, uh, you know, those that are lining, you know, their pockets that may not, you know, be, um, those of their best interest. So, you know, I try and cover, uh, corporations that, you know, are, you know, B Corps that have, you know, recyclable packaging that are cruelty free. They have certifications and they have a following that is uh, really solid and that love what they do, love their customers and want to protect our planet. And so they do right uh, by other customers. So uh, I've covered so many different companies. Some of my favorite ones I I get to talk about and I, I do product reviews of them, which I love, love, love. And if I even don't do a product review, I will go in depth as far as what the company is about and try and give you the best overall picture of the company so that you can make the best decision for yourself. Uh, I've been doing a number of reviews since February 2019. And one of the latest companies I have to let you know about is from the brand Critically Endangered Socks. 
So the critically endangered sack story starts all the way in Borneo, a ways away in one of the world's oldest rainforests. And sadly, among a plethora of critically endangered animal species. This was uh, a long while ago um, by uh, the founder Dom Desmond when he traveled to Borneo's jungles and he was uh, seeing firsthand the endangered Borneo orangutans in the wild. Back in 2017, uh, he returned from Borneo. Uh, and he remembered those lush uh, and uh, deeply impactful rainforests on him and the uh, victims that were living uh, on the palm oil uh, plantations and the illegal logging that was going on. And he made friends with a local NGO that was fighting to protect the rainforest. So thank goodness for that because that kind of started the catalyst for Don to start the sock company. So he used funds from Sock's sales to help protect the Borneo orangutan and their homes. And he grew the company to a wide enough uh, size and range of products of Sock's so he was able to protect some of the most endangered species on the planet. And that's how Critically Endangered Sock's was born. And they have their slogan, Our Socks Save Species. So definitely Critically Endangered Socks is amazing. They are committed to sustainability on a number of fronts, mainly because they use uh, global organic textile standards when it comes to uh, their socks. They have that certified organic cotton, the GOTS certified organic cotton. It's one of the best in terms of using for things like furniture, for example, um, for bedding, all types of things. So I did um, talk about um, the GOTS certification uh, in a previous podcast episode not too long ago. Um, And yeah, they use it for their striped socks and their baby socks. They have speckled socks, which are made from cotton and bamboo mixed together, which is both biodegradable and fast growing, especially anyone who knows anything about bamboo. And all of their uh, products are just better for the environment. They're great for farmers on their end, for workers. They're great for your feet, stylish. They have the, the OKO. Uh, I'm probably mispronouncing it, but the OKCO uh, text certification, which means that their socks are certified chemical-free from anything uh, as far as harmful chemicals, and their socks are designed in London and made by a small manufacturing company in China, which, one of which he's visited, and the principles of making products that last and creating no necessary harm and also using their business to inspire are principles that they follow. They have uh, many different products. They have uh, definitely uh, baby socks. So they have the four pack there. They have, as of right now, the limited edition gorilla sweatshirt. Um, there's only a limited amount of pairs for that. So be sure to get yours quick before they run out because they're not going to restock those. And they also have their speckled uh, socks. They have the different uh, animals on the different socks. So they have the uh, Borneo orangutan, the giant panda, the snow leopard, the Sumatran elephant, and the my uh, dolphin. And they also have the striped socks too, uh, sometimes with different animals. 
the Sumatran elephant socks, the Amur leopard, the hawksbill turtle, and then my um, dolphin. And they also have sock sets and gift cards. And by choosing whichever sock you do buy, you're definitely uh, helping to support any of the charities. Um, they'd be welcomed uh, to receive your support. Just visit Critically Endangered, uh, their website, Critically Endangered Socks. Uh, dot com uh, forward slash charities for more information so my experience of uh, them is a great one uh, even though uh, I wasn't able to buy it when I wanted to make this podcast episode but I'm going to buy the all three speckled socks when I went to the website they only are shipping out of the UK as of now and I didn't learn that until after I wanted to buy the socks uh, I, I, I looked at their shipping policies and FAQs, and they're currently only delivering as of this podcast episode to the UK because of the coronavirus restrictions, but once those are lifted, they're going to send their socks worldwide, so thank goodness. So I'm definitely going to be purchasing their socks. It's for $29.99 as of now, um, euros, but hopefully they'll have it where I can buy it in American dollars. It's fine. And I'm really excited. I can't wait to be buying them. But I wanted to let you all know this. I emailed them um, before I knew that they uh, were halting shipping uh, worldwide. So I'll definitely have to wait to get the socks set as of now. But it's fine. I just want to support this amazing company. Uh, for every pair of socks sold, they even uh, donate or give at least 10% of the total sale price to charity. That's not 10% profit, that's 10% of the sale. And that's great, you know, by choosing whichever sock you choose to buy, you're supporting to choose um, the charity uh, that you're going to support as well. Uh, I love it because, you know, of, of those reasons they support charity. Um, great prices for their socks, but they're helping the animals in the very cute styles. They look extremely cozy, great quality. Um, you know, I will do an update definitely when I get the uh, socks shipped to me and I have them for myself. And I'll update anyone who, you know, wants to listen uh, about that in the episode announcements in the future podcast episode. So uh, I will do that. If you want to uh, buy the socks for yourself, you can do that um, by checking up uh, regarding updates on their site too. Or uh, if you want to listen in and check to see, you know, when I buy the socks, that's great too. And then you can also buy the socks too. On all fronts, I give them definitely five out of five green thumbs up. I love the site. Very simple. It's not complicated. It is thorough enough. Um, and they let you know, you know, fully about the charities that you're supporting with your purchases. I love it. It's a great message, great concept. Um, and as long as, you know, everything is helping the animals, I think that matters most. So I give it, again, five out of five green thumbs up. I love it. I cannot wait to be buying these socks. Definitely critically endangered socks. You can find them in one special place, criticallyendangeredsocks.com. Uh, and you can find them on different uh, social media platforms, of course. You can check them out on Facebook at Critically Endangered Socks. And that's their Facebook page. You can also find them on Instagram at Critically Endangered Socks. 
all lowercase one word you're also on linkedin at critically endangered socks same thing on twitter at critically endangered socks and on youtube at the critic at critically endangered company but they're not as active on youtube though but i subscribe anyway now to contact critically endangered socks go ahead and check out their website Again, criticallyendangeredsocks.com. That's www.criticallyendangeredsocks.com. And then check out the top of the website under contact us to message them. Thank you so much for tuning in to my interesting podcast episode about toilets, composting toilets, all that you need to know about the hottest rated ones. And if you're interested in learning a little bit more about them, of course, be sure to check out all of the websites associated with buying uh, the toilets themselves. And, you know, hopefully this opens up a conversation about, um, you know, your waste and where it goes. And if the toilet you already have is great for you, maybe your toilet is, you know, 20, 30 years old. You want a new one. You want something that um, definitely is different than what you're used to, but it has its upsides and downsides. And so, you know, you can look to, um, you know, tiny homes in the communities where there are a lot of owners and their experiences. You know, YouTube is a great place. There are magazines, websites, Facebook groups, um, all in the name of tiny house owners, you know, and for those who are in the uh, hiking community, uh, nature community, totally, then, you know, they know about composting toilets and they know that, you know, you kind of have to use them uh, every so often. And, you know, for some people, they they, they know nothing else and, and they love composting toilets. So even if you are thinking about switching over to a composting toilet or maybe you're hesitant, no matter what, I thank you for listening to this podcast episode for sharing episodes for sharing these different you know topics you know some may hit home for you or maybe there's someone you know and that's what matters that's what counts as long as you know multiple people um you know get great use out of these episodes or share what they learned or um have information to share i'm all for that and i love that that's the purpose of the Greener Thoughts program and, you know, building a strong community here where people are are educated and really inquisitive and have fun and they learn a lot and they share a lot. And I'm I'm happy to talk about a not so common topic. You know, I didn't think that I'd ever talk about toilets really on the podcast, but here I am talking about, you know, compostable toilets and, you know, how diverse they are. So, you know, that just shows how, you know, the podcast, the podcast has grown and and the things don't even you know take a, a similar uh, one size route all the time sometimes topics are very different you know I was thinking about doing a podcast episode about uh, fashion and just specifically like bags and like um, specific types of bags and 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 options of the best kinds that I found. And so I'm probably going to do that episode um, in the future anyway, but that just shows you that, you know, it, it just, you never know what you're going to get with the Greener Thoughts program and just the topics that are going to be covered here. So uh, thank you again, as always, for tuning in and listening. As you know, you can support the podcast uh, at your um, 
discretion. Um, if you so choose, I have great supporters already who are doing that uh, by giving funds to the podcast. I have one in particular paying supporter. I love, love, love uh, her. She's amazing um, and she's a, a key supporter in everything just vital. And uh, I love that she's a, an amazing diehard um, supporter. And, you know, giving to the podcast monthly, it, it all adds up and it's, it's beautiful to, you know, have that, um, support and, you know, for all those who may be thinking about it or maybe can't support right now, sharing does well too. Um, you know, you can uh, support by many different tiers. There's the 99 cents per month. Uh, there's the $4.99 per month and there's the $9.99 per month options. Those tiers, you can find out more uh, on the anchor.fm uh, Green of Thoughts site at fm at anchor.fm forward slash Green of Thoughts podcast. And you can check out support for more information. Thank you so much for again listening and for tuning in next time. I will do another podcast episode tune. But until then, as always, please take care of yourselves and also please take care of the planet. Take care.